Hello and welcome to Manageable Conversations, the podcast where we speak to leaders across industry sectors. In each episode, we discover what helped them in their career, how they stay sharp, and their tips for managers to get the best from their teams. I'm Farley Thomas, the co-founder of Manageable. We hope this podcast inspires you to be a great leader by learning from others. Yes, it is challenging times. Yes, we know what's going on in the world. It is really hard. But if you can just be a bit humble, take feedback on the chin, listen and be willing to adapt, then I think your business will be a lot more beneficial for it. That's Kat Agostino, the co-founder of Imagine Insights. Imagine offers paid opportunities to 16 to 26-year-olds, connecting them with brands in order to source feedback about their marketing and products. An award-winning supporter and promoter of talent throughout her career, she's now on a mission to provide brutally honest insights into what Gen Z really thinks. In this episode, we discuss the co-founder dynamic, transparency within teams, and what managers have to gain from listening to a new generation of employees. Welcome, Kat, and thank you for joining this manageable conversation with me today. Hi, thanks so much for having me. To start off with, Kat, I'd love for you to characterize your style as a leader. Yeah, it's such an interesting one, actually, because I think over time, your experience and skills as a leader definitely develop. And if I go back to when I first started even managing people, which is obviously very different from leadership, but, you know, I made a lot of mistakes. I didn't ask for enough help earlier on and then recognize that and then took upon, you know, training and speaking to peers and to my own mentors and things. And that then allowed me to develop what became my leadership skills and what I absolutely live by now. And I think to categorize my leadership style, I'm very open. I like to think that I'm a very supportive leader, whereby I can listen also here, I think it's one thing to listen to people, but also to truly hear what they're saying and being really encouraging, whether that is, you know, about your business or to your team or to clients about what it is that we're trying to achieve. And I think that past experience that I've had, be that bad or good, has definitely taught me how to be a better leader, but also the things that I don't want to be doing, which I'm sure we'll come on to talk about as well. <laughs> You've now piqued my interest. You know, <laughs> I, I guess I was anyway going to ask you how you want to improve or change, but I'm definitely also curious about what you don't want to be like. <laughs> yeah, I think mine stems from actually a bad experience that I had. So just kind of going back a bit, I had a long run working in media agencies, which was fantastic. I then took on another role that was outside an agency that wasn't great before then going on to found two businesses. And it was there that I experienced in that interim role that I experienced a really toxic culture. And it was there that I learned all the things that not, not to do. And that was not listening to your team, not supporting each other, making rash judgments that weren't well thought out, making assumptions about people when you hadn't really got the facts. So it's all of those things that I personally haven't done, but I absolutely would never want to do. I would never want to create a space for a team where they didn't feel that they could come and have the freedom to speak or be themselves and ultimately didn't feel like they had a hand in the growth of a business. You know, we've created what I hope is a business where everybody has the opportunity 
opportunity to have their say. And I think there are businesses, sadly, that exist where that isn't the case. I think there is this historic way of leading. There's lots of businesses that are doing it really well that is just continuing to go along with the old method or not wanting to break things to then rebuild. And I think as a leader, if you are able to just take a step back and go, you know, this isn't working, what do we need to do? If we need to invest time to really focus on rebuilding that culture, then that's what we have to do to have a better business. People aren't going to want to work with you or with your business if you don't have a great culture. So I think it's just about, yes, it is challenging times. Yes, we know what's going on in the world. It is really hard. But if you can just be a bit humble, take feedback on the chin, listen and be willing to adapt, then I think your business will be a lot more beneficial for it. What happens when it's a bit contradictory, as I've experienced sometimes, where one person says, this is the direction, this is how you need to adapt. And then somebody else says the opposite. Have you got any hack for that potential paralyzing moment where you're not sure exactly what the feedback is? I think that's a really interesting one, actually, because I am in a very fortunate position where I have a co-founder who is extremely different from myself. I mean, couldn't be any more different. But what we do have is the similar values whereby we want to make sure that everybody is feeling the same way about the business and the culture is very much aligned. So I think when it comes to perhaps those instances where that isn't the case and you have leadership that isn't agreeing it's again you have to take that upon yourself as a leader take responsibility for that and kind of go well why isn't this working why aren't we getting the message across if you are a co-founder especially if you don't have those honest dialogues and that again that feedback piece it's really important to acknowledge that things aren't always going to go to plan and actually probably more often than not they're not going to go to plan but in terms of you know what you put out you have to be very clear in what your vision is and where you align. Of course, your opinions can be different. That's absolutely fine. But what you're portraying to a team and what you're talking about in front of your wider business, you do have to have some alignment there. So I think you have to just take a step back again and, and have an honest chat and realize what perhaps isn't going right so that then you can rectify it and always ask for feedback from your team. I think that's another crucial thing is, you know, ask those around you. We have a growing business, but it's still relatively small. And what we do regularly is say to them, give us feedback about us. How are we working as your leaders? What do you need to see from us? Because then we've got that verbatim from them that we can actually act on as well rather than it just being about us it's never just about us it's about the wider team as well so I think taking feedback from each other but also taking feedback from the team itself. I was hoping you'd mention the co-founder construct at Imagine Insights and are there challenges there for you and your co-founder Jay? We are like I said we are like two sides of the brain, we are so very, very, very different. But this value piece and the reason that we created the business was because we had a similar goal in mind. And that goal was to help young people to shape their future. So we started from that perspective. But also, you know, we do have massive challenges. We don't agree on stuff. We will have times when we've got personal issues that affect your day to day, your human. We have literally cried, laughed, joked, had fun, every possible emotion that you can have, we have. And we have to very regularly sit down and say, okay, is there some friction here? Okay, you don't agree with this element. I disagree with this part. How do we make a compromise? Talking to each other, being honest with each other is so, so important. I think if we didn't have that and that relationship, we definitely wouldn't be in the place that we are now. Listening is so, so important. 
what helps you stay sharp, stay resilient, stay resourced? Any tips for us? I mean, exercise for me is a huge part of my life. And that for me is making sure I have time to do the things that I need to do for my mental well-being. And that for me personally is exercise. So I also have a small child. I have a three-year-old. So that's, you know, a challenge in itself as well as running business, but also equally having that time. So for me, I work different hours on a Thursday. I spend the whole morning with her because that was really important to me and to her. (laughs) And then I start later and and I finish later. I don't feel like I'm missing out on that time. I'm focused on her. I'm not thinking about work during that time. We also, as a business, have different hours. We work from 10 a.m. till 4 p.m. because we want people to have a life outside of work. And for me personally, whether that's spending time with her, seeing friends, exercising, I make sure that those happen in my day because then I'm a better person for it. But that doesn't mean things are always harmonious. I will have things that just affect me as a human. And what I found really helps, especially recently, is sometimes I'll just say to the team, you know what, today, I'm really busy, I've got a really full day, I'm feeling a little bit under pressure, because I have to deliver this, just letting you know, guys, that I might not be around as much, or I'm feeling a little less like myself today. And when I've asked them how they feel about me sharing that stuff, they've said that they really appreciate that, because they see me as this, I'm still just me. And they know that, I'm going to go through the same things that they go through. And so it's that relatability and honesty and just being as transparent as you can be. I think it would really help me just thinking back to bosses that didn't give me a clue as to their state of mind or the pressures they're under. And you just think, well, they're available. And then in the end, you get a maybe a touchy response because they're not being as transparent as they could be. We haven't touched on the business itself, Kat, and maybe just focusing on your area of specialization. You know, any tips for managers to get the best out of their multi-generational teams. I know I keep saying it, but I think listening and involving them in the conversation as early as possible. With Gen Z, a lot of the work that we do with Gen Z, um, we're asking our community what they think about the workplace and how they're approaching that now, is things like diversity and inclusion. I'm a millennial, you know, have fought for this for many years. Gen Z expect this within a business so I think as a leader you have to treat this as a serious thing it can't be oh we're just going to hire a DNI expert and get them into the business because somebody told us we should it's addressing your own especially if you are of a different generation addressing your own experience and your own knowledge about DNI processes and policies and how to address people with a disability, how to talk in the right language, how to make sure that you are inclusive of people that are neurodivergent, for example. And this is the sort of stuff that Gen Z yeah, expect from a business. So they want to come in and know that you might not know everything and you might not have, have learned every single possible way to approach this, but that you're open to doing that. And if you do that and also are ask them to be involved in that conversation you know there's nothing wrong with saying hey I don't know enough about how I should speak to somebody that has told me that they have a challenge when it comes to reading okay so what are your thoughts on how I should approach that and if you ask that question back you then have this amazing two-way dialogue where their opinions feel heard but also you're learning as well and that's a really big thing for Gen Z's to feel like they are inputting into the future of work but also working alongside you progression is another area that is hugely important and that doesn't mean in your you know always very structured that old style of nine to five has to be done in this set template 
plate each month. It could be just around flexibility. It could be that progression for them looks like they might have an additional day in the week where they can go and do something that is meaningful to them. Yes, it can be a bit scary to shake things up a bit, but that's what Gen Z want to see. So they want to see progression. They want to be involved in the dialogue. And DNI is something that they expect but can also help you. So use that to your benefit and ask all the questions that you can possibly ask to benefit your own learning. Maybe a parting question, Kat. When I first heard about Culture First, I must admit I thought, yeah, that's also how I definitely want to build Manageable. But from time to time, I guess, under the pressures of having to deliver to investors or meeting your ambitions, it feels like there is a price to pay. And I I don't know whether you've experienced that as well. What's the trade-off if you're sticking to your principle of culture first, if there is even one? I mean, I actually don't, I don't think there is. And I think for me, for Jay, for people in the business, the reason it remains the priority is because we believe that if you have happy people and a team that want to work with you, your product, your output is so much better. And people wanting to come to work. You know, I had a conversation with two people in the team the other day. I hadn't prompted it at all. And they just said, I really love being here. And you think, how great, because you love being here. So you want to work hard, but you're putting in so much effort because you're enjoying what you do. And then ultimately, we've got this great team of people. Okay, there's, of course, challenges, but the product is we're much more efficient because we're talking. People are striving for excellence because they know that they have that progression route and that they can have that opportunity to succeed. And ultimately, that is then portrayed back to clients because we're talking openly about that. And the work and the output that we deliver for clients is so much better because there's so much passion that's gone into it. So I actually, yeah, I can't see a negative around that. I think if you can manage that effectively, actually, it can be a huge, huge benefit to any business. Kat, it's been really great chatting to you, albeit maybe too briefly. I wanted to thank you again for joining me today. Thank you so much. I've loved that conversation. Thanks so much for having me. If you enjoyed this manageable conversation, there are many other perspectives we offer our community of managers worldwide who coach and individuals from all walks of life who benefit from being coached. That's all from me. I'm Farley Thomas. Until next time.